Good morning, everyone. Get all situated here. You know, you don't think about the little things like having to wear a mask with the microphone. You get it all set, and then you put a mask on, and then it's off. Can you all hear me okay? Fantastic. Glad to be here today. My name's Eric Anderson. I am an elder here at Truth and Grace. And I've been an elder here since October 29th of 2017. Um, thought I'd share with you a little bit about how I came to be standing in front of you today. Uh, so actually, it started probably back in January, which January feels like forever ago in a lot of respects. Um, in January, I was in the midst of planning a trip to the West Coast. I was going to go out to the state of Washington, and I was going to hike a section of the Pacific Crest Trail. Anybody ever heard of the Pacific Crest Trail? Okay, some. Some? <laughs> well, there's not many people on the Pacific Crest Trail, because it's actually a trail that runs from Mexico all the way to Canada. Um, and my, my intention was... This was going to be a spiritual journey for me. I was going to go for two weeks. I was going to be hiking in the mountains myself and God. And then uh, when I was telling Jeremy about this, I said, well, hey, when you get back, I'm sure you're going to have a great story to share. So let's plan on that. And it was supposed to happen in September. But COVID happens, and uh, like many things, those plans had changed. And so I did not go out west, um, did not hike the trail, but Jeremy asked me if, uh, if I still wanted to share a message, and I said, absolutely. Um, and God has placed on my heart something to share with you today that, uh, that I just, I know is a specific image, or a specific message for someone here today. Uh, so, um, as you can see on the, the picture, this is actually the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, this is the state of Washington, and it's actually heading up to a range called Goat, Goat Rocks. Don't know that that really matters. Um, but on there, we've got a familiar phrase, moving at the speed of prayer. But I added a little bit, with your eyes open. And so I just challenge you as, as we talk today, it's important to move at the speed of prayer and move with God but it's also important to be aware of what's happening around you and be able to take action. God may be trying to lead you somewhere, and your eyes may be closed. So let's make sure our eyes are open. To start things off, let's, uh, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just give thanks that, uh, that we're able to come together as a group of believers this morning. We give thanks that you sent your Son to die on the cross, we're in the middle of the Advent season, looking towards the anticipation of your son being born in that manger and ultimately to die on the cross for each of our sins. We give thanks for everyone who's here today, that they can hear the message. Give thanks for the people online. God, we just ask that uh, Spirit fill this room, spill the, fill the households that, uh, that are listening right now online. Help guide us and direct us. Direct us for application of your word, how we can use it in our life here on earth. Lord, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be most pleasing to you. In Christ Jesus, amen. So my message today is not your typical Christmas Advent message. Um, it's actually a message that, that pastors usually don't like to give. It's a message on stewardship. It's Stewardship Sunday. Uh, don't worry about trying to protect your wallet because... Um, Stewardship can come in many different fashions, right? We've got times, time, talents, and treasures. And um, while treasures is often the focus of discussion, it's not going to be the, the real thing that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about talents. But I would be remiss if I missed the opportunity <laughs> to talk about finances because we had, we had our year-end meeting a couple weeks ago, and because of COVID, it looked dramatically different than it did the previous two years. We would normally have a dinner and a celebration about the, the things that we had done in 2019 and through 2020, and lay out the groundwork for 2021. Because of COVID, we weren't able to really meet in that kind of group, so we had a, a small group of people kind of listen in as to what our direction is. The, uh, the, the leadership here at Truth and Grace, we're on, we're on a uh, strategic plan that was started a couple years ago, and we are, we are continuing to work through it. And for 2021, there are, there's two main things that, uh, that we as a leadership team are focusing on. And those two things feed directly into the most important thing we have here at Truth and Grace, and that is discipleship. We need to be able to, to disciple to those who haven't heard the word of God and introduce them to the word of God. And we need to be able to move people along and deepen their relationship with Christ. Those two things. First one is people. We've got to have the right people to, to be able to disciple. And so we are focused on, on how we how we involve people, whether it's small groups, whether it's a worship pastor, whether whether it's, it's whatever role we may feel led to, to put someone in. We have to be able to disciple through people. The other is what Josh Butler talked about a little bit ago, and that's building. Um, and, and we are committed to doing a building at the speed of prayer with God leading the way and doing it debt-free. That doesn't mean we just count on a building coming available and we just have money drop out of the sky. And that may happen. With God, all things are possible. But it's our job as stewards to prepare for the opportunities that may arise. And to prepare means putting money aside so that when we have an opportunity to move into a building that is ours, we, we lease this building, um, but move into a building that is ours, we set money aside. These envelopes are spread out somewhere. I guess they're probably in the boxes. You, you've got the opportunity, building fund. We're near the end of the year. Like Josh said, tax time, maybe it's something that meets someone's need. Maybe it's on your heart that uh, with the building, we would be able to reach more lives and change more lives. Okay, so now we're going to move on. That, that's all I got to say about the treasures portion. But let's talk about skills. We all have skills, right? I hope. 
I hope you acknowledge that you have skills. You've made, been made in the image of God. You have to have something that's, that, that you can do. So let's look at Scripture, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about it. We've got Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, we're supposed to be doing stuff with these, these gifts that God has given us. A verse that, uh, that I know resonates with several here at Truth and Grace is Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then we've got 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you're part of any kind of a family, if, you, <laughs> if you've got brothers, sisters, or kids, I, I would venture to guess you would agree that you're different. I'm very different from my brother. My brother writes history books and loves everything about education. I don't read history books. <laughs> so, very different. Different in our skills, different in what we like to do. I think you'll be able to see that without, within your families. My kids, Colton and Chloe, very different. Very different skill set. And I think what's important here is skill is your ability to do something. Oftentimes in the church we talk about spiritual gifts and those found in Galatians. And, and the spiritual gifts are important. Um, they're very important. But I also want to not neglect the talents and the skills that you have. See, each of you, when you walk out the door here, you either have a job that you're going to, or you've been in a job at some form, or even a job of running a household. You have to have some skills to be able to do that. And I think about the skills that I walk around with when it's just tied to my vocation. It's very analytical as to kind of the things that I do. But I just look across the room and I see all kinds of different skills. I see skills with a, a hand, doing handwork, doing, doing construction. I see working on garage doors. I see small business owners. I see farmers. I see teachers. See all kinds of different skills that you have. And it's good to identify those because God's given them to you and we should be doing something with them. The other thing I want to talk about today is passion. Anybody got a, an idea what comes to mind when I say passion? What was that? Enthusiasm. Great. Love? I like that one. That's good. Well, if we just pull the definition of it, it's an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. And for me, the definition is fine, but I like to create a picture of things. And the picture I get uh, when I go to the Bible for what it looks like 
King David's a prime example of passion. King David wanted to move the Ark of the Covenant. And so here he is in the picture playing his harp as they're moving the ark. As a matter of fact, King David wasn't even going to sleep in, in his house until the ark was moved. And his passion looks like this. We find this in 2 Samuel 6, 14 and 15. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. I'm not going to tell you that passion is always dancing in the streets in your underwear. But the visual of David having something so important to him that he had such joy around moving the Ark of the Covenant. It's incredible. When I think of passion, I don't immediately go to thinking of David. I go to thinking of things that are worldly. Uh, I'm a sports person, so you can, you can picture a team hoisting the Lombardi trophy and the passion that's involved in that moment. Or maybe it's the NCAA Finals or Stanley Cup. There's passion behind it because of all the work and they believe and their heart was in it. When we think about King David, to go back to him, King David, talk about heart and love. He was created after God's own heart. That's why God loved him so much. Heart has a lot to do with passion. If you, you can fake it for a while. If you're just enthusiastic about something, just, it's pretty exciting. Eventually it'll fade away. But if you're passionate about it, it stays true in your heart and it flows. So, if we take these two things together, we have skill that we talked about. Number, we've all got skill. God gave us skill. And we have passion for something. We put that under God's umbrella. Important to have God's direction on this. We end up with these two circles coming together. And, and that, that gap in the middle where your skills meets the passion, that's where something magical happens. Something amazing happens there. That's what I want to focus on, because if we can find a way, and, and there's tons of secular stuff of, you know, you've got uh, career counselors and job counselors, and you've got management that are always trying to do this, always trying to pull what, is your, what are you passionate and what are your skill sets, and how can we match those, and that's because there's such a special thing in that range. And we as a church need to recognize that, recognize that these gifts that we have from God need to be tied up with the passions under God's umbrella. First, I want to talk about what happens if you drift too far to the left. What happens if you have all skill but no passion for it? Well, you're doing what we'd call work, and I've, I've run into several clients over the years that uh, are counting down the days to retirement. They just cannot wait to not have to go to work the next day. Well, I, I would be concerned maybe they don't have passion for what they're working at. They have the skill. 
And so for them, it will be a great day because they won't have to use their skill anymore in the fashion that it is. But skill without passion can, uh, it can, it can lead to not being happy, not, not being pleased with something. I am, uh, I mentioned I'm a sports guy, so I've got a, an example. I will, it would be hard for me to share a message and not at least refer to the Seattle Seahawks, okay? My passion, it's a worldly passion, but it's a passion. And I do have, that passion can have an overflow to, uh, to create a godly influence. So, don't have time today, but if you ever doubt that just being a Seahawk fan can bring in the Word of God, you have to realize when you're passionate, you're around people that share the same, same passion. That's an opportunity to share Christ. I've been in there, been in that situation. So if you ever want to ask me about it, I'll be happy to tell you about the Midwest Seahawkers um, group and how, how God can work in there. But let's talk about skill, no passion. The picture here is uh, an NFL football player, John Moffat. John Moffat uh, was drafted in the third round by the Seattle Seahawks lineman and went on to play for the Denver Broncos. Halfway through the season, this guy, this athlete who is skilled at his position, walked away. He walked away from his locker and never came back. And I'm not speculating. This is in an interview that he gave to ESPN. They asked him, you know, why did you leave? Were you concerned about concussion protocol? Were you concerned about injuries? No. It wasn't any of those things. He didn't have passion for playing football. He was done. It became work. He said, why am I going to do that if I don't have passion? And so he quit. Millions of dollars on the table, just walked away. That's what skill without passion looks like. Now we'll flip to the other side, the, the left side. We've got passion with no skill. This is uh, what, what comes to mind immediately for me is American Idol. Um, so, somebody who you know, just believes that and is passionate about something, but yet they don't have the skill set. Um, and so with American Idol, then my thought goes to our own Josh Butler, <laughs> who would love to think that he can sing. <laughs> he looks the part, but he's missing the skill. <laughs> now, I don't want to lead you to, to a thought that, uh, that you can have passion for something and not be skilled at it and, not, and just don't do it. That's not what I'm saying. Because everyone has to start somewhere. And maybe you're not defined in your skill, but maybe you have an interest. And maybe that interest then leads to developing that skill. But I think with Josh Butler, I think it's safe for me to say he doesn't have the skill, and it won't matter how long he works at the skill. <laughs> so that's, that's just uh, that's the challenge you have if you have all passion. And you need to have honest people around you who will help identify, right? 
you, you don't want to go on just everyone believing, you know, I believe I'm really good, and then nobody tells you. So if I'm passionate about something and I have no skill, please share it with me, okay? Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what happens at the intersection, because this is where the really cool stuff happens. This is, this is where I want us to spend our time focusing today. And um, so you bring those together. I'm going to ask you, who is this guy on the screen? I don't expect anyone to know. If, if you know, I'll be really surprised. This is Bobby Grunewald. To me, this guy has changed the world. And it's really exciting. I, I almost want to jump forward to the end of this, end of this story, but I'm going to walk you through. This guy from Decatur, Illinois, he went to Stephen Decatur High School, went to college in Oklahoma. He chased a girl to Oklahoma. Um, he did end up catching her. He did, get, he did catch her. Uh, it took a little bit. It was a process. Um, he's in Oklahoma going to school. He sees friends who don't know Christ. He knows those friends like rap music. So he tries to become a Christian rapper. Now look at this picture. Is this what you would think for a Christian rapper? He had the passion. He didn't have the skill. <laughs> So he, he failed miserably at his rap career. Um, but he went on while in college. He started a business, a technology business. That technology business uh, took off right away. It was selling auto parts online. And this was the time period that this the Internet was really just getting up and going. And uh, he quickly sold that business while he was still in college. Then he went on to another startup. He, he started a business, online business, for professional wrestling where people who shared the passion of professional wrestling would all go into this room and talk with each other and there were promotions and things that were happening. At that time period, he also had started going to a church in Oklahoma. Well, he sold the pro wrestling business that he had and it was noteworthy because he sold it for quite a bit of money. And the church that he was going to, he played keyboard in one of the worship teams at that church. They were blown away. They had no idea this guy had any of that talent until they saw it in the paper. So they asked Bobby, they said, hey, we, we would like to work on our technology platforms. We would like to grow our, our mission. We want to grow the church. We've got some ideas. Would you be willing to come in? Obviously, he's got the skill. He says, you know, I don't know. I'll, let me try it. I'll, I'll just do it on a volunteer basis. And so he did, and his volunteer basis, as oftentimes your volunteer basis turns into a full-time job. And so he ends up on the technology team, really the lead of it, and he brings out and introduces the Bible app. The Bible app is from a guy who grew up in Decatur, Illinois. 300 million downloads of God's Word available right on your phone. How incredible. That's what happens when you put those two circles together. His passion for spreading the Word. 
wasn't meant to happen with rap music. And his skill of starting up a business and working with technology. Who would have thought that a technology uh, professional would have an impact in God's world? Like that. 300 million copies. So we have, if we can find that intersection where passion and skill meet, what does God want us to do with that? I would say there's two things. Number one is to bless others. If you've got a skill and a passion, be on the lookout. Remember the speed of prayer, but with your eyes open? Be on the lookout. There are needs everywhere. If you've got somebody that you know is in quarantine from COVID, take them a meal, give them a call, touch base. Whatever your skill set is, if you like to talk to people, pick up the phone and call people. If you like to bake, make them something and take it over there. If you like to work with your hands, be aware. We're, we're in Trace Place right here. There's things that you might say this door squeaks. Well, just don't leave it as a squeaky door. If you've got the skill, fix it. If you see a neighbor with a, having car issues and you, you have some mechanic skills, take them across the driveway. Help them out. God wants us to bless others. The other thing he wants us to do with that is to build his kingdom. And so if we've got the passion and the skill and we're under God's umbrella, we need to find ways to build his kingdom. And his kingdom, right now, his kingdom is each one of you, each Christian, throughout the world, and we need to grow it. We need to grow it by bringing others in, sharing the gospel. The importance of each one of us, we're going to dive into Corinthians and go through what it means to be part of this kingdom. So Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 27. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. You're all those parts. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Lots of you. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would that sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are 
unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving great, greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, each one of you is part of it. So you guys all play an important role in this building the kingdom. We need your skills and your passion. So oftentimes, and worship team, you can come on up. Uh, so oftentimes, a church is set to equip the members of the church. This happens in, in every church model that I've seen. Equip the members, equip the members, give them the word, give them, give them the word of God and send them out into the streets to share God's word, to make disciples of all nations. And absolutely, we should do that. But I want to challenge you today to flip the script a little bit. I want you to think about where your passion and your skills meet what if you brought that into the church? What if you brought those skills and things that you're doing into the church, like Bobby Grunewald did? I just feel like, I, I look around and I just see so many gifted people, and I think, gosh, you, you're all successful in doing things and doing things outside these walls. What if, what if those skills and the knowledge that you have were to come into this place and with a with the God umbrella over it, be able to change the world. I think we could do it, but there's accountability. There's accountability for each one of you to know first that you have been given gifts, talents, and abilities by God. And if you have any doubt on that, catch myself, one of the elders, pastors, we'll be happy to share with you all the ways that, that God has given you gifts, talents, and abilities. And then linking together that passion so that you can be in that spot where amazing things happen. So I challenge you today to reflect on that and take action. It involves getting up and doing something. It involves taking a step. And God's waiting for that step. He's waiting to bless us Bless you individually. Bless truth and grace. Bless the church as a whole. There's too many that have been just sitting on the sidelines waiting for Sunday. We are the church. Let's take our skills, let's take our passions, and use those to help, help the church better spread the gospel. Just, uh, if we could get half of our membership of Truth and Grace to have total buy-in and have God running their lives and God be the umbrella over all their skills and their passion, we would change the world starting right here in Coles County. 300 million downloads of the Bible app 
out of one guy. Just think what you could do. Thank you. Thank you.